This is the EWN Podcast Network. Welcome to Driving Outcomes, your source for inspired solutions to address the most pressing leadership concerns of today. On each episode, we examine the latest developments in applied research and education and how it impacts your business and social outcomes. Our host, Tracy Shirachi, brings you conversations with groundbreaking researchers, educators, and business leaders who are changing the face of leadership every day. And now, here's Tracy. Hi, today I have the pleasure of welcoming Robin Williams, who is the Community Engagement Manager for Miracles for Kids. And Robin, I was wondering if you could share with the audience and the listeners um, more about your organization. What is Miracles for Kids and what do you do? So Tracy, Miracles for Kids is an organization where we help low-income families with a critically ill child here in California. And when I see that, when I say low income, the federal poverty level is 26000 and the median household income for a family that we serve of four, four people in the family is 23,700. So they're already struggling and having financial obstacles. And then you add on to that, having a child with a life-threatening illness, the, you know, the issues seem insurmountable. So at Miracles for Kids, we come alongside these families to provide stability. So there's really four ways that we help them. We help them with financial assistance. So we help offset the cost of paying for rent. You know, in Orange County, it's actually the cost of living is 91% higher than the rest of the country. So you can imagine what that would look like for a low-income family of 23,700. So we help offset the cost of their rent. We also provide housing. So for families that are facing homelessness and eviction, we have Miracle Manor, around the corner from Chalk, where we house 12 families for up to two years. Hmm. We also provide basic needs. So we went from doing our basket of miracles pre-pandemic to doing our monthly box of kindness, where we send them monthly boxes with needed items. So masks, PPE, food, and then we send them something themed. So in April, it was all about Easter items and and spring items to bring some joy and cheer. And then lastly, you know, and and really importantly is our counseling and wellness program. And so we provide one-on-one and family therapy for our families at no cost. And this program, as you can imagine, has grown significantly during this pandemic. And so the beauty of of what we do here is we make miracles every day for these families. And so um, I I could talk about it all day long, as you can tell. (laughs) Well, and I think that's what's really important is it's the heart and passion of what you're doing and how you're serving not only these families, but the community at large, but also in a time of great need where they're struggling even more so because of what's happened to their particular family or to their child. So how do you learn about these families that you need to help? Like, do individuals seek you guys out directly as an organization or a caseworker? Or how does it typically um, happen where families are introduced to your organization? We have partnerships with Chalk Hospital, CHLA, Mattel Hospital, 
um, hospitals in the Bay Area. And we actually work hand in glove with social workers. And they're on the front lines of knowing what the needs are of these families. And so when they come across families and they understand the obstacles they're facing financially and that they would be a good fit for Miracles for Kids, they refer them over to us. And then once they come to us, we then do our due diligence to assess where they're at financially. And then from there, we are able to come alongside them and identify which avenues and ways we can best support them. And you said you mentioned like in the man for the manor house, they could stay up to two years mm-hmm. is additional support up to two years as well. Or does it vary depending on the circumstance? So typically we're with our families for at least two years. Uh, we also, you know, partner with other programs so that when uh, they're ready to transition out of Miracle Manor, it's a seamless transition. We do have a great story about uh, a mom who had a child with a critical illness and they came to live at Miracle Manor. She saved her money and they were able to purchase a condo in Santa Ana once they moved out. So we very much try to come alongside them to help equip them, you know, with financial understanding and what that means. Um, But we really want them to feel like they have a refuge while their child is going through treatment and a roof over their head. And so, you know, during this pandemic, we had a family who was living in a garage, you know, and they have three kids. The father was working. um, And so they came to live at Miracle Manor. And when the pandemic hit, you know, the father had lost his job. Then he got offered a new job, but wasn't able to take it because the mom pre-pandemic was able to go to the hospital with all the kids. Now, all of a sudden, she can only go with a child who's battling a critical illness. So dad needed to stay home with the other two. And so these are just some of the obstacles that have come about, you know, in the midst of COVID. But I appreciate you illustrating some of the examples or stories, because I think it's like you said, in this particular case, he could have taken a job. They needed the money in order to pay for things, right, like shelter, food. But here's a case because they needed to take care of their kids that as a parent to another parent, that struggle of, wait, I need to, I need to work so that I can provide for my kids at the same time they need actual care. So, and they've already been hit in this particular case with an unfortunate incident where their child needs, you know, medical care. And so that's like double whammy. That's just been exponentially um, more hard, become more harder for them, right. To um, approach. So the idea that you, and the organization can come in and support them and provide them a means for at least alleviating some of that stress, additional stress and anxiety is huge. And I appreciated the other story that you shared where individuals are actually learning some form of financial management to actually advance themselves socioeconomically. In other words, to own a condo for this mom, not only did she go through something very um, horrific, but at the same time was able to save money to now own you know, real estate. Yeah. And what I love about this particular story is this mom continues to bring her son back and volunteer. So we did our spring basket of miracles uh, on a Saturday where we had volunteers come and put baskets together. And then we did deliveries for our local families. And so she and her son came to deliver to families locally. And I, I just, you know, I think of how much she can speak to those families because she's walked a mile in their shoes 
And so I love when, you know, especially we as women understand the, you know, what, what others have gone through. And even if we haven't, just being moms and having kids and understanding all that goes with that. And then just imagining what it's like if you find out that your child has leukemia and what a struggle that is for, for us moms who earn a decent income. And Mm -hmm. then, you know, just thinking about the moms who all, all of us moms want what's best for our kids. So when that happens and then you have these financial challenges, it just can seem insurmountable. And so that's what I love about what we do here is we come alongside, you know, the most vulnerable and we really walk with them and, and help them stabilize and get to a, to a better place. Well, and I think the other piece that people acknowledge about healthcare is healthcare is very costly, right? So even on a broader sense, you know, not having insurance is one thing, right? But even when you have insurance, the cost of healthcare is expensive. And when you have a catastrophic event happen, right, it's, you may be financially secure and then have something happen. And all of a sudden you're not financially secure at all because the cost of what it took to um, pay the providers or whatever it may be. So I think, you know, there's stories where individuals are, were financially secure until a catastrophic event happened by which it bankrupted an individual, right? And so even for these families, like you're saying that are below the poverty level, it's even that magnitude of that financial stress is even even more exponentially. Yeah, it's significant because, you know, when you think about putting yourself in their shoes, it's the stress of, okay, how am I going to put food on the table? How am I going to care for my child that's battling this life-threatening illness. On top of that, I have three other kids and then I need to work because I need to have some sort of income, but then the pandemic hits and I don't have care for my kids. So what do I do? And so it, it just creates all of these other obstacles. And the beauty is that we, we have the, you know, this great program where we can help walk with them and journey with them and give them some stability at such a critical time. And um, it's it's what my my heart is. I think becoming a mom, I have a five-year-old. And so I think even more so being a mom, it's made such an impact for me as I get to know these moms and connect with them. Um, and you know, to be honest, my my purpose in life, my mission, my calling is really to connect women who have you know, resources and been given a lot to connect them with those in need. And so, because we need each other mm-hmm. and to make an impact and to make a difference. I think, you know, as women, you know, we don't tend to just live for ourselves and think we, we, we very much want to help each other. And that's really the beauty of my role here at Miracles for Kids. Well, and I think what you're also highlighting, is especially like as we are in the pandemic, but slowly emerging out of the pandemic, right? The importance of community and connection is even more relevant, but more significant, especially with individuals having been on their own in their homes independently, or even if you live with somebody like very isolated uh, to the extent that, you know, a friend of mine was joking with me the other day that she says, I don't even know how to text anymore to invite somebody over because I haven't done it for a year. Right? <laughs> so, I mean, our, our social skills are actually um, 
haven't been used in a while and therefore are very limiting to a certain extent in terms of our social interactions. Um, and we don't really realize that until now because we haven't used those skills in a while. But was curious, and I'm glad that you brought that up in terms of how can individuals get involved with miracles for kids, but also um, a lot of women that want to help out, and men too. I mean, it's not just limited to men, but how can individuals really help your organization today um, in moving forward? Well, you know, there's there's a myriad of ways. Um, you know, I, I want to go back to our craving for connection because last night I was, uh, you know, with a woman who was hosting a Cinco de Mayo event for miracles. It was margaritas and makeovers for miracles for kids, you know, so margarita in hand. And we have a founding member of 360 Miracle, which I'll, I'll share with you about. She is one of the leading cosmetic doctors here. And so it was like these women were like unmasked and so grateful to connect with one another. Um, and then it wasn't just about us having a margarita, having a makeover, but it was about the opportunity to connect with it with one another and to do something meaningful. And so my role here at Miracles for Kids is I um, helped launch and I lead 360 Miracle. And this is our first ever women's network uh, where women come together and make a collective impact. So 360 Miracle was launched nine months ago in the midst of this pandemic because 67% of our funding came from events. Right. And since we were not, you know, having very many events, we needed to, you know, transition and figure out how we as women could come alongside our families. So we launched 360 Miracle where women give 83 33 a month, which is a thousand dollars a year. And then we give, provide them with a necklace, a gold bespoke coin necklace that has an M on it to signify their role in becoming a miracle. Uh, we send an, a monthly e-newsletter and the idea was to bring women together, you know, and have events. And so the beauty is that now as we're opening up, women are just hungry and craving not only getting together, but coming together for meaning. And so I'm, I'm excited to share that we're roughly at 120 women who have joined 360 Miracle. And it's a great way to get involved as much or as little as you would like, um, because I, we provide opportunities to come and volunteer monthly, um, events to connect our like-minded women, and to stay connected by sharing uh, stories about our families and the impact that they're making, because I think we all want to know that we're doing something daily that's making a difference. And so the beauty is that when we think about 83.33 a month, some may say, oh, well, that's kind of, you know, a lot. Well, I think about it if my husband and I went to dinner, it would be a dinner. And so we sacrifice that dinner once a month to help these families. And the, the best part about 360 Miracle Tracy is that 100% goes directly to our families. There's nothing that goes to overhead or anything like that. So it's been wonderful to see this amazing network of compassionate women just grow and their hearts to want to serve, give, and make an impact for these families. It's just been the biggest joy of my career to be a part of this. Well, I love that you chose 333 
as part of 8333. Because I just saw a posting the other day where uh, Louise Hay, I think, was a posting in part of her group. And 333 has some kind of significance related to abundance as a happy, happy number. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting that you chose three threes as part of the amount that's given in terms of it being 8333. Like it wasn't just a hundred dollars as a flat amount. You chose 333 as part of 8333. <laughs> well, I <laughs> like that. You've, you've, you've helped, you know, bring some more significance to that, that number. Cause sometimes ladies are like 8333. Where did you come up with right, that? It's like a random number. Right. Yeah. But I mean, I, like I bring that up because I was like, interesting. Cause I just saw a posting around 333 as being significant when it comes to, you know, having an abundant mindset. A lot of people are talking more, about, you know, abundant mindset versus a scarcity mindset, right? Scarcity mindset is really around like competition. There's not enough resources. Like we get dialed into that kind of mindset yeah. and it, it makes us less community focused, less giving focused, right? But if we shift that to that abundant mindset, there is no shortage of resources. There is no shortage of what can be accomplished um, and what can be done. And so what I think you know, even though it, I'm talking about 333 as a number, I think what's important for people to know is 8333 may sound like a lot, but it really isn't a whole lot, right? And and if you really think about, you know, anything from, like you said, an example about having a dinner to if you buy a coffee every day, right? Yes. Every single day, how much does a coffee cost nowadays and multiply that you know, you can easily get to 8333. But what's really significant is you're helping families in need, not only that need support because of what their child's going through, right, and need the moral support, but also like financially, they need that support. And I think that's huge. It's I a multiplier effect. Yes. And I love, you always teach me something when, when I connect with you, but I love your reference to having a perception of abundance and instead of scarcity. And I think even being in the nonprofit community, sometimes we can come from that mindset, right? And when we, we approach it from a lens of abundance, then it's, you know, it, it just seems like the doors have opened in terms of providing for those who are most vulnerable and in need rather than like trying to open this locked door. And so I, I just love that perspective instead of coming from a lens of scarcity. Well, uh, and what I love too, is not only were you helping a family, like a mother in need, but like you said, she was able to save by staying at the manor, right? She was able to save money so that she could actually buy a place later on. And so there's a multiplier effect to that as well, right? She wouldn't have had that opportunity to save as much and actually advance herself economically as well as hopefully for her children to be able to do that had it not been for the contributions of others. So the 333 is not only abundance, but there is a multiplier um, effect. And I think it hopefully encourages individuals that are listening. You know, oftentimes I think people that give of their time and resources sometimes question what is done with those resources, right? Mm -hmm. Aside from who is it helping? They really want to know like what change is occurring that's really advancing or uh, further developing uh, the socioeconomic um, position of people too, right? And, and are we providing sustainable resources and not just giving to then sustain giving itself, but really are we better positioning others? And so I think the examples you've highlighted 
uh, truly demonstrate that nonprofit giving or philanthropic giving is not just because you're handing out, right? You're not just handing out and sustaining individuals that are not able to sustain themselves. You're actually also helping to advance them. And it's how those resources are used by a nonprofit organization to ensure that there is individual sustainability, right? That people can be self-sustaining. Um, I think is a really important aspect because there's a lot of sometimes bias or misgivings around, you know, what what is being done in the community through nonprofit organizations. So I appreciate you highlighting a very strong example where um, individuals are better off and it's and you're helping them temporarily, but hopefully also advancing them too and helping to support them. Um, and then they're paying it forward by use of the mom that's coming back that's now helping others. And that's the multiplier effect too, which I think is phenomenal. Absolutely. And I, I think it's really about giving a hand up instead of a handout because you're, you know, in our case, we're, we're coming alongside these families at a critical time where, you know, like I mentioned, the father who wanted to work but couldn't because he had to care for his kids. So we come alongside them and then help position them to then become self-sufficient. Mm-hmm. And so that's, I think, the beauty when it comes to impactful giving. I also think that, you know, being good stewards um, and ensuring that the money that's given is going to make an impact is, is critical. And I think as, you know, those who are donors and givers, it's important to look at that. Mm-hmm. So like here at Miracles for Kids, you know, how to say that 79 cents of every dollar goes directly to support and impact our families. And it's, you know, that's, that's a, a, a really good percentage. You know, there are some organizations that, you know, it's like 20% or 25%. And so you have to look at that, like, okay, so when I give a dollar, how much of that dollar is going to make an impact on the families? Um, Am I paying for the, you know, paper and marketing, or am I actually paying to make an impact? And, you know, you sometimes as a nonprofit may run a little bit leaner to be able to provide that, but I think it's, you know, incumbent upon us to really look at Am I being a good steward of the money that's given? Am I really moving the needle and helping these families? Or to your point, am I just, you know, helping the machine? So, well, I think the other thing too is like it's understanding that you have to also pay for administrative costs mm-hmm. in organizations to find well run organizations, right? Like we don't necessarily question companies that spend money to pay for top management or top leadership or, Um, that pay for marketing, right? Like there's certain components of running an organization that if you want that organization to grow and scale, investment has to be made at the administrative level. It's just acknowledging from the nonprofit side how much is made to that, right? But there is something to be said according to a lot of like research and statistics is on average, there's a lot of nonprofit organizations that need to spend administratively in order to scale and grow and really provide more services to parties. So I think it's also kind of a misnomer of individuals that they want it to only go to the program and to the people it serves. Yes. But you can't serve those individuals well if you're also not paying for administrative internal operational costs um, to serve those individuals well too. So um, I think it <laughs> should just be clear on demonstrating like the integrity of the organization is what are they doing with those resources, right? And the transparency or accountability with that. But 
how do individuals get involved in 360 Miracle if they want to? Do they reach out to you, Robin, or reach out to Miracles for Kids directly through newsletter or mailing list? Or how do they get involved directly? The best way uh, for women to look up and get involved in, in, in looking at and joining 360 Miracles to go to 360miracle.org, 360miracle.org. Uh, we've got, you know, great stories and all the information about what it means to join this growing network of compassionate women. Um, and it has my information on there. So you can, you know, contact me directly as well. And I'm just, you know, my whole, my role here is to connect with women and help them make an impact and share ways and stories where they can even connect with families directly. And um, so, you know, I love what I do and it brings me great joy and meaning. And, and to your point, Tracy, I just want to say that, you know, I've been in the nonprofit world, gosh, um, for almost a decade, I would say. I started out in the entertainment industry, worked in news, marketing, PR. Uh, and when I say that Miracles for Kids operates worth 79 cents of every dollar goes to our families, we've got a very robust marketing team. We know what it means to get the stories out and to have significant branding. Um, so we've got, you know, we've got three on our marketing team and, you know, we've got a robust programs team and development team. So it's a really well-run organization and, you know, it's, it's nice to be sitting in that seat where it can like sit across from you and be so proud of how we operate, how we run and, and what we do. I think you're doing phenomenal work, which I'm really appreciative of the fact that you joined me this today, Robin, on this podcast, just to share not only what Miracles for Kids, but your heart for the organization too. And I hope that individuals that are listening to us are inspired to take part and to join the women as part of 360 Miracle to really um, not only meet other women that share a similar passion, but really um, contribute and give to the larger community and also meet others that maybe you normally wouldn't meet because one, we've been in a pandemic for a year and a half. But also I think the other thing is, is that it's also communities that need to engage with each other. And it's easy to live in one's own immediate community, but not engage with others outside of the community. So I think one other great aspect of 360 Miracles, you're describing that with 120 women, you're also engaging with others outside of one's immediate community, which I think is really powerful too. So going back to the multiplier effect, that's another aspect that I hope listeners will you know, take advantage of. But really appreciate your time and joining us today and uh, helping us learn more about Miracles for Kids in ways that we can get involved and support families. Well, Tracy, I just want to thank you for taking the time to connect. I, you know, I always love connecting with you and it's been wonderful to be able to talk about Miracles for Kids, 360 Miracle and all the ways that people can make an impact every day. So I want to thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Driving Outcomes. If you'd like to listen to or download other episodes of Driving Outcomes, go to EWNpodcastnetwork.com. This podcast is also available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and most other major podcast networks. Please also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn as The Mark USA. We hope you'll join us again next week for more conversations with today's leaders 
who are driving for results and achieving phenomenal business outcomes. Have you ever asked yourself this question? Why is it so hard to make a buck? <laughs> I know I have. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. What I have discovered after going from the brink of bankruptcy to running a multi-million dollar award-winning business is this. You can't build a million dollar dream hanging around minimum wage mindsets. My mission is one million women entrepreneurs generating $1 million in annual revenue. So here's what I've done. I've created the mother of all entrepreneur success programs that you can access online on your time. It's called Monetize Me Now. It's a seven module online course that is 100% my success formula, covering mindset, mission, management, motivation, marketing, and measure. Come on, take my hand and I'll show you the way to learn to earn flowing revenue for your business. Visit monetizemenow.com for details. Calling all speakers. eWomen Network has speaking engagements all over North America that must be filled. Are you a gifted messenger, author, expert, or successful entrepreneur that can help women entrepreneurs grow their businesses? Our mission is to help 1 million fulfilled women each achieve $1 million in annual revenue. If you're a speaker that can help women prosper, go to eWomenNetwork.com and sign up as a pro member of our Speakers Network. That's eWomenNetwork.com. Thanks for listening. This is the EWN Podcast Network.